0: My name's Scott Weatherly, and I'm the host of 20th Century Geek, the podcast that looks at all aspects of geek and pop culture from the 20th century. Whether by myself or with an amazing guest, 20th Century Geek delivers full movie series retrospectives, classic comic reviews and discussions, interviews with those that created and contributed to 20th century pop culture, and everything else in between. 20th Century Geek is your one-stop shop for retro geek talk. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcast catchers. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make
1: the show a podcast by fans for fans making new fans superheroes or dummies
2: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of indie comic spotlight now before you begin listening to this show it's super duper important That you go back to the 20th Century Geek episode, which features part one of this chat, and the Fantastic Universes show, which features part two of this chat. This is part three of an epic Halo Jones Tales from the Hoop crossover. So, go to Scott's show, where we cover book one. Go to Steve's show, where we cover book two, and then go back here to listen to book three where we talk about the end air quotes of the halo jones saga and we wax poetic about where we think the series could have gone thanks everybody enjoy the show yeah i think it's and again it's it is it's just genius and it's so and you know and, and you know here we are moving into book three and we've and again people if you've not read this read it but i think you know the beautiful thing about and anything that any good art, you need to revisit it. I just I'm going through my Buffy rewatch right now. I um at the, over my Christmas break I reread Don Quixote. Unlike you, Steve, I can't read oh, it in its original oh, Spanish. Yeah. I wish I could. Oops. Um, it's my favorite book. I love that book. It's the first <laughs> novel. And so like going back and just like that's what I feel like too. She's and it's, and it's probably just because it's on my mind. And that's where book three comes in. The, mm. She is a Don Quixote character, right? Oh, without she a doubt. Is, she's on this tilting epic at journey. windmills. Yeah, mm. she's just she, and and every adventure Because when you reread Don Quixote, what you realize is there's so many things that are not the tilt, like just. It's it's some other dumb, you know, circumstantial story that seems irrelevant, but it's going to change the lives of the people that Don Quixote's in. Like he stops at this place and he does something stupid and he gets in their way and the rest of their lives are changed and he moves on and we don't stay with them. And I feel like when when especially when we get to book three and the stuff that she and Toy do, this is when she's at her most quixotic where she is she is, has no idea what the fuck she's doing she's she's just got to run at things and be violent for a while and there's hmm. this idea of um of that kind of um of i don't know and again i i don't want to just keep repeating myself but there's a beauty in her violence like we all feel oh, yeah. rage and Absolutely. and i think i think what halo gives us in this is the things we didn't do. I didn't go out and get in fights and do the stuff that she did, but you want to like, you're like you like, feel so impotent with rage and, and you want to do, but Halo does it for us. And and so I feel like this, this is that artistic look at, it's just, it's just not artistic. Like it's that, it's that look at what could have been. And I think more is giving us another option of our lives. And do you want to see
0: it? Do you want like,
2: I don't know. Did neither of you serve? Were either of you soldiers?
0: No, no. no. I, I think I think you know you're right. I mean, this is a very. Because I don't think more of it either. So, um, but I, I think you know. Yes, there's that element of serving. You know, being the soldier. But again, I think we sort of you know, if you were trying to relate this to life, this is the hardening, isn't it, of people. This is th- this third book. Is that. You 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 said it really well, Stephen. You're like you, know, you get into your life and you're paying off your mortgage and you're paying off your uh, your car loan and then you have the kids and then you've got to, food bills and then you've got to do this, take the kids to football, take them do your homework. Do, do. It's that hardening of life, you know, that life just becomes relentless and we'll keep throwing shit at you and it will escalate at times and you can become hard. Yeah, and exactly that even in the first chapter like she's given into the cat's blood and like life is crap. But the war represents this un- endlessness. I mean, yes, it goes off in other ways, but to me like the end of book 3 is her going no. I'm not going to give into life. I'm not going to be w- run- worn down by it. I'm going to go off and do, I am. This is it. This is me going out. And as like you say, this is really the first act of her life in many ways. It is. She's only what? 30 something by the end. 30, 34, I think by the end yeah. of this book. And so there's, there's all this stuff ahead of her, but yeah, it, it, it's just, I think that's how I sort of saw this book. And there's so much stuff in it. Like, you know, there's more, there's more than what I'm saying, but it just felt like she's, it's her, it, the hardening years of her life. Like she could have given into this and become life sentence. You know, Life sentence. Life sentence is the person that didn't go out. Mm-hmm. Life sentence. Life sentence. The character is is that person that where life hardened them. She is the she is what Halo Jones could have become. She's the she's a cautionary tale. Yes, yes, exactly. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and so you know she's that sort of th- that that forty year old that goes down the pub every Friday night and is just bitter about things and you know uh, complains about everything but does nothing about, nothing about it. it in the same routine over and over again and then all sort of find someone to argue with just because they want to vent their frustration and that's her she's stuck in the war like that's it she's stuck in that thing and so I, I don't know it's, again I think this is more story writing taken to that next level again um
1: uh, yeah. that yeah. heightened realism that nobody does better but uh, again I love the opening chapter because again it's so far a million miles away from the optimism and, oh my god how amazing this woman is opening chapter of book two this one is like boom let's just drop her right in the shit and it's incredible I mean from the way he describes things she did after leaving Cara Pandy, like mm. um the uh the the the, the gardens where they wait to die and that's like dignitas and everything else of today and um, rescue and the screaming trees and that is terrifying the trees that over the centuries are just being chopped down constantly have developed this mechanism where they look like human faces and when the wind rushes through them it feels like they're screaming when they're chopping them down and do we even want to know what a baby farmer is
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: that's a job she did for a while and let's move on i mean it's just little things like that the way that he can paint so many pictures just with words and literally that whole those that that whole scenario is like two or three pages but you feel like damn this this girl can't catch a break so when she does end up signing up she's like almost like a relief like finally and, and the beautiful moment when she meets up with Toy again. I mean, let's mm. talk about that and how that is the most real way that women who have not seen each other for a long
0: time. Mm. It's well, just I, I, it comes at the right time. I mean the first book, the first episode ends, like you say, you show their sort of yeah uh, her face down. With her, in the with her, yeah. It's her lowest point. Like this is the lowest point. She's been gone for ten years. This is ten years later, and she's been traveling This is her lowest point, and she's saved by Toy. Mm-hmm. yeah so when she does see her and she it's that that recognition of what was done on you know that life she had on the the, the Clara Pandy and that, that what she could have like yeah of course she'd run to her yeah you know, would oh, yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. I,
2: I think it's lovely I think I think it's um and again it's that she's 29 now and yeah. so like you said she's so we've missed a lot of years of her life and it's not been good and. And so while she was an adult, when we last saw her, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. We all know, you know, she was she was figuring her shit out. And Toy is that reminisce of like young adulthood. Like she thought I'm leaving the hoop and I'm free and I'm going to be a badass. and I'm going to go do. And then that just kicked her in the ass. And then and she thought that was hard. And then these last 10 years. So now she do anything to be a cocktail waitress on the Clara Mm -hmm. Pandy again with toy. (laughs) And so like, it's not just that it's a familiar face, but it's like that, that moment of, of childhood exuberance too. And I think the way people can't see it, but Steve like reenacted the scene and it's, and it's beautiful because they are both well. And halo is, is trans. We don't see halo pre 17. So we don't know what kind of child she was, but we, so this is her moment of like, of just we've all been there. Of just child childlike, not childish, mm. joy. And I love it. It's just beautiful. It's so good.
1: I'm glad you said joy because poor old Toy gets that.
2: Oh, of yeah.
1: No, it's Toy with a T, T- oh, toy.
2: That's hysterical, by the way. I love that. It's real. Because we've all there's a guy I know, so I obviously, as people are listening, I live in America and there's a guy who I used to know. Well, I still know him, but you know, he lives he lives from Sark. And um, so he was in America and he's from the island of Sark and he was there and his name is his name is Sam. Um, but his real first name is Peter. And so people would be like or Patrick and people would be like Patrick. And he'd be like, i oh, it's actually Sam. And they'd go, Tom. Because in America they 'd hear Sam, but with his long A, and they'd go Tom and he'd go Sam and they'd go Tom, and they would like every fucking time oh. it was hysterical, so for me every, when I read this i thought of, I thought of Sam, and because toy's like, oh, you fuckers, just come on, get over yourself, so I thought that was hysterical it just
1: brilliant. reminded me of,
2: of him, yeah, brilliant uh, what do we make of toy? What do you make of the war? This is the oh, war book God, the.
1: War. Um, you know that that's that famous saying war is hell Mm. Um, this is like future war i mean we've seen it in in 2000 ad in star wars i mean and it's always glorified and flying ships going at dangerous speeds and lasers and adventure and action this is hell Mm. this is pure and utter hell i mean that whole fighting method where they're literally in giant suits that if they fall over they're more or less dead if they don't yeah, tighten one button to keep the thing. pressure in yeah oh. dude it's like and the fact that to the real world they're in this place for like an hour but months or years pass in the war zone because of the heavy gravity of this alan moore dude what were you smoking when you wrote this and please share it because this is yeah. i don't think i've seen a better realized more original war zone anywhere in fiction
0: i i think the war breaks into two sections for me um yeah. because you get the first i, I one of the things vietnam. i love yeah yeah which is clearly like vietnam like yeah. but i love the fact that they've sort of tiered them and yeah. so they go to this one place and like 18. yeah we're on we're in war zone 18 <laughs> and they're basically like oh. prioritized and you're yeah. like ah, but this place is a shit heap anyway like 18 yeah. is terrible and this is obviously the point because they do get moved to primary like number one at some uh, later on but th- th- this is where you get to meet like life sentence who's re-enlisted over and over again um and her interesting necklace her inc- yes which oh my god know, fucking human I, uh, years. yeah Christ. well I, we know well apparently that was a that, you that know, was a thing in Vietnam. that it was, was of a thing I know. you know seen they do it in universal soldier as well don't they with Dolph london and stuff so, yeah right yep
1: um ripped off halo jones
0: yeah, I'm sure, but one of the things about this is um, is, is, is this idea, and the other thing is, Ian Gibson, I've like, always liked him, reading this, I think of his ro- a rogue trooper as well, because I yes, think, you know, some absolutely. of his rogue trooper is absolutely fantastic, but this depiction of this war is so Vietnam, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This sort of wandering through the forest, and, you know, the, this sort of, like, uh, guerrilla warfare, and all this other mm-hmm. thing, so and, and so this is terrible because you actually get you, you you know you guys jump forward to the the gravity war, oh. but before we get there, you get we've always said that death is consistent, mm-hmm. and so you've had you know Br- uh, Brina sort of taken from so us, and you know we we as the reader lose Glyph more than Halo and Toy, but the death of Toy in oh. this is is drawn out and yes. like. I mean, it literally shatters Halo. Yeah. And what what are your thoughts? Literally, are on physically, that? Yeah. yeah. mentally, yeah.
1: It's the genius again of Alan Moore, where you get the ultra-real war in in that side of it, and then the ultra-unreal war with the gravity thing. But yeah. poor Halo is that she, you see a person reach breaking point in the most realistic way possible. By the losing a loved one, and the fact that poor old Toy actually professes her love mm. to Halo, and like we said earlier, it just goes right over Halo's head, just makes it even more heartbreaking. Again, it's the most out there stuff you'd ever read in your life. But Tony, I mean, Scott, would you agree that it's also the most real?
0: Yeah, and I, that that's at that moment where she does profess her love, and she, and, and Halo's like, "Yeah, we're best friends," and Toy's yeah. like, "Yeah." that's no. that's what i meant and you're just like oh, oh Jesus christ like, you know
1: friend in the 80s before it was even a term
0: yeah but watching that and th- this is one of those things that the moment that happens and you know maybe it's just sort of a, you know i've seen it so much time so much since mm-hmm. the moment that happens i was like toy's dead oh yeah like yeah. you you just know it like yeah the, and i wonder like part of me wondered like did toy give in at that yeah. point yeah, I think so.
2: Toys, toys, mammoth, and again, the, the beauty of the name, right? It's like mm. the because toys so big and powerful and everything. Yeah, no, I think it was. I you almost wonder, and this is again, if if he ever wanted to do the further adventures of Toy, where we see what happens to Toy during these ten years, because we don't know. We know mm. Toy joins the army and is, and is there with you know life sentence and is part of this team and convinces halo to join and lie you know is part of the lie too to get halo to join which is all you know of course propaganda and bullshit and commentary on the way that our military are used and abused and literally thrown away um yeah. so no i feel like toy toy thought if i can have halo with me this war is bearable yeah and it turns out it's not mm. it turns out war is awful even if your best friend and and the person you love and are in love with, not just love, but are in love with is with you. It still doesn't matter. And that, and that, so, so I do think toy gives up, I think because she can't go on. Like, I also think that's like more is like, again, we, people keep having to die in halo's life for her to learn something. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just, it just, it's so gut. It's, it's just, it's brutal. And um, I it, but again i wouldn't expect anything less from alan moore like he's never going to give it to you easy right
1: Mm. and the ultimate beautiful irony or beautiful tragic irony of it is that yeah toy gives up she literally can't she she, i think she, she could have survived if maybe that i've reciprocated but halo doesn't halo drags her all the way back after walking yeah. in circles and for doesn't days. does not know
0: that she's dead? And she doesn't she's... even know it. Well, and she's been, like... she's broken. The thing is, at that point, like, hey, I mean, oh. this, book, this book deals with PTSD. Oh, in big stuff. Real way. Because so, oh. she's still talking to Toy. But mm-hmm. like, they are conversing. Like she gets back, and there's a, there's a, It's well done because it's done through, um, you know, captions. Just, yeah. Captions rather than, rather than speech bubbles. Yeah. But she's having a conversation with her So when when that moment comes, and again one of the things that Ian Gibson is so, so good at is the way he deploys his art. Absolutely. Um, is this whole book is, Absolutely. is, you know, um, this, this end, this bo- this moment when they declare that she's dead and there's one of the, tr- the troopers says well, how long has she been dead? And there's mm. like, well, what do you mean? i well, was just talking to her. You know, and how then, like, long
2: ago did she die? He says mm-hmm. the medic. Yeah. Is. Yeah.
0: And, and and then all of a sudden, it, it, it's it's almost cartoony, but you've had such, mm-hmm. sort of like I'm not say photorealistic, but he's gone for realistic style with a lot of the sort of facial close-ups. And then that last panel of almost like the animalistic. Mm-hmm. um the Tears are pointless. It's not like one tear. It's like gushing yeah. down yeah. your face. It's yeah.
1: virtually bordering on manga. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. But it, it's a step. It's it, but it all works. Like it, it you know, it all matches because it's it's it's, it's yes, so good. But absolutely. just the rage and fear and, and and grief in that moment is absolutely, you know. And then obviously it plays out through this thing of like her, as you say, the PTSD. She unenlists or she takes leave, as they call it, mm, um, leave taking. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they fully know that she's broken. She's coming back. You know. What else just, is there for? But I I find that tragic when they are there's that thing of like oh we know you're coming back but then her moments her time outside like reading it and going you know where is this going to go like she points yes. a rifle at a child you know it's it's you,
1: but again it's that whole thing as well it, it's it's just the, the depth of emotion there and like do you not think that another amazing pe- piece of writing was going back to the to the Vietnam part of it where they get that terrorist that sniper in the bushes and they realise oh. it's like a child of eleven or twelve years of age. They and then just to, to justify, yeah. yeah, to justify the brutal horror of what they thought, mm. Oh no, no, these, these, it's, it's all a trick to. She's probably more, more like twenty, and they said, oh, no, no, she's, well, actually, she's thirty. She's a day or thirty-five by the time she by the time we got back to barracks, so she basically died of old age. And it was like,
0: yeah, fuck. But this is about all of this, isn't it? It's about how they deal with the horrors of war. They have yeah. to justif- They constantly have exactly. to justify... I mean, one exactly. of the things I find interesting that we haven't commented on is, hey, yes, Halo is a soldier, but all soldiers are women.
2: Yep. In Pretty, this world,
0: yep. <laughs> you know, it's not until we, we do meet male... There's Lads. a male... Yeah, but they're <laughs> the all like... They're basically, exactly, I was going to say, they're all Rambo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all this Rambo-looking motherfuckers. But um, I love the if fact
1: that's I, not a commentary. Then nothing is. Yeah, oh, right,
0: totally. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit more nail on the head. But I, I, I was like, this is a, it's a platoon of female fighters and all this other stuff. And it, so again, he's throwing this the whole thing, as you said, so he, Alan Moore's. He takes something you know and throws it on its head. Um, and so, yeah, you know, this 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 female platoon, like you know, um, she she ends up re-enlisting. but she's her reaction. Of shaving her head and she said I just wanted to do something horrible and ugly and painful mm-hmm. to myself like she just doesn't know what to do with the grief inside her and there's nobody they've they have cast her aside with no support simply so she does come back
2: it's my favorite it's my favorite book in the whole it's my favorite episode in the mm-hmm. whole series is leave-taking um, and nothing happens in it. it it's my favorite one and it, it, there's it's the quiet moment it's when he knew To draw everything back, she cuts her hair. That's the only Mm. thing that happens in that entire thing. She barely gets out of bed and she cuts her hair. And it's my favorite one because in this country, and I don't know how it is for you guys. And it's this it's so frustrating to me the way that there's this whole bullshit of. We support our troops. We love our troops. Yeah. Okay. And then as soon as they're out, you guys mm-hmm. can all go fuck yourself. And the Veterans Association, the VA here, mm-hmm. is the worst run government organization. And oh, people, my father went through it. My uncle went through it. Um, you know, it, it's just such an awful, garbage, nightmare, bureaucratic bullshit. And you just throw people away after you use them up. And the ol- your only value to us is during your active duty, mm. and so in those moments when that's what Halo realizes, and that's what the commentary is, is she is broken. Back to the thing we said earlier, everything about this is a everything is another prison she's in. Even, even in the future, she's in a prison because it's a version of Halo Jones that she doesn't get to dictate upon. It's fourteen hundred years after her death, and other people are saying. What Halo Jones is, so Mm-mm. that so even this image of Halo Jones, this this you know deity that they've made her into, is still a prison that isn't her real life, and then we're get to see that. So so in this one six page, it's my favorite one, and it's because of its brutally honest nature. Halo's always honest; it's my favorite trait about her yeah, is her honesty. Absolutely. Um, and this is the moment where she doesn't know how to be anything because she's so broken and it's it shouldn't be my favorite it's not like it's my favorite because it s- swings <laughs> no, it's, it's my favorite because it kills me yeah,
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. it's the whole artistic depiction I mean, I mean we said it from the very beginning when we started talking but no matter how far she escapes she never does the hoop is called the hoop because it's never yeah. ending her whole life is that never ending cycle it's the serpent that eats its own tail it goes on forever but the genius part of it is it's the hoop halo Halo. her name she is an angel to so many people in her future long after she's dead and that whole imagery is just again Moore's a genius yeah from her name to her life to where she started to how she ends up is one big um pointer at listen this is what she's an angel to everyone but herself and her whole life is a loop and it's brilliant
0: yeah. Well, it's it's like an it's like an escalation. It's like a spiral, isn't it? Like she starts here and just keeps going up, but it's constantly going around Or circles. maybe the
1: other way around. She maybe she starts here and
0: yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. it's a downward spiral. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Y- you talk about you know we talk about the Vietnam War, but this other other Vietnam analogy, you know, analog. But this is future war. Yeah, Moab, which in America, as I understand, actually stands for Mother of All Bombs. Mm-hmm. So. Is the biggest? They call Moab is the the biggest non-nuclear explosive device, don't they? So yeah, I was wondering if that is that like a thing because it's like mother of all battle zones, yeah. basically. That's um, what it is. But it's it's one of the things I find in this is this whole thing with the gravity. And you mentioned it before about them going out, and they they then get into this really excellent, amazing sci-fi idea of like well, where there's heavy gravity and it goes to physics, time slows down. All right so you see these things and there's a great thing where they give the demo which is like this isn't a photo yeah this is this is, this is live. Good. this <laughs> is live footage and i was like wow newsreel must be really fucking boring yeah. but um one of the things i find most ways and what i took from it and I, again i'm curious to what your thoughts are is this idea of they go out and they go into one of these gravity zones and they come back and they're like well we've been five minutes no no you've been two months
1: you got promoted twice while you were out there. Yeah, I yeah, know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: my, well, you, what do you mean private? What do you mean you know, you're corporal now and so-and-so sergeant and so on and so forth? And there's a great bit, one of the, the tragic bits is as they get if someone dies, but it still takes them – there's a t- mm-hmm. difference of 10 days for them yeah. to get through the door, for the body to get through the door. So yeah. everyone else is over it, and they're like, no, they literally died a minute ago for me. I could see how this drives them mad. But to me, I was reading this and thinking, again, to the Vietnam or to – you know, at this point for the British or the Argentina, uh, battle, you know, the Falklands war or any other war, really. This idea of soldiers being taken out of the real world into yes. this battle zone and the world just moving on. Like yeah. World War Two is a really good
1: um, example. Yeah. totally.
0: Before any war, soldiers go out. And for them, it's like, I've been here, like, you know, it's just like that. Like, you know, I've been under fire. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what day it is. I couldn't tell you what time of day it is. We've just been here. And you get back and go, oh, you've been gone four years. And everyone else has moved on. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, that's, I mean, you know, am I right? Or am I sort of, you know, see, I think
2: think you're absolutely right. That's the. I think that's why that book is my favorite thing of that one is because, right, it's that moment of, and that's even before the Gravity War, where her life has passed her by in real time. Mm. And so she might as well go live in this slow motion thing because it's the juxtaposition between being in war you can only focus on tomorrow or five minutes from now and you're right back at home everybody's like thinking about oh i've got the bake sale next week you can't yes. think about fucking next week no yeah i think that's spot on scott
1: the artistic side of it as well scott is is where, like you said the, the part where it's not a photo it's literally live what's going on right now in that war zone and it's brilliant because you see the real horrors of war through halo's eyes through what she experiences and the loss of her comrades but to us who don't serve to us who are seeing this on the news it's literally that two or three minute snippet of the news and then it's gone whereas the people who are fighting it it's forever it's their life it's what they wake up in the morning it's when they go to bed at night and that's what i think that this whole book shows critically is we've got no fucking clue. And the way we treat these veterans, these honestly, these heroes, when they come back, is every bit as bad, if not worse, than what's in this book. So again, what he's done, what, what Warren and Gibson have done with this book is taken the real horror, made it entertainer, but still have it so effective that we're talking about it thirty plus years later.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, and this is like the, the poems of Wilfred Owen and Siegfried Tissou and everything else. Or, or World 1, World 2, and everything else. This is that, but for wars that haven't even happened yet. And it's a piece yeah. of fiction.
0: It's yeah. genius. Well, even the end of it, like the end of it, like the, the literal end of the war, mm. it just stops. It just stops. We're just done. Uh, we're just done. And, you know, we've you find that why, but they get back and there's just a woman hoovering yeah and and they're just like oh yeah two weeks, ago, weeks ago everyone's yeah. Everyone's, yeah. End, everyone's gone <laughs> and then like, well, we haven't and they're like all oh, right yeah oh well, yeah. well never mind because yeah. it never ends for you and i think mm. and again it's the it's
2: the last the last page of book three which is the end of what we get but goes back to what you said scott the last thing is out just out yeah. and it's this idea that again she has to then you know make some make some um concessions about what she does with her life mm. and what it all means and once again she's left behind and she's left alone and there's people trying to be part of her life but she's so broken and and it's not just her and that's the thing she is the avatar for all these other soldiers and we see what happens to life sentence mm. she mm-hmm. she can't
0: she War is her yeah. life. By the end of the yeah, yeah,
2: right. Well, now that she says, it's over,
0: she actually says, "You give us our war back." Yeah, yeah. You know that's what she lived. She literally lived for that. Um, but she is not the only one. Like they have to literally have to wander this planet looking for people who still think the war's going on to tell them, "Now we're done. We're all right. You can go home now." And but they don't want to give it up.
1: Hell no! It's all a trick. I'll shoot my own soldiers now for telling us these yeah. lies.
0: Oh, that sounds familiar. Recently, it's a lie. It's all fake news.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. fake
0: news. Yeah, it's so <laughs> prophetic. You
2: said prophetic at the beginning, Tantive. Stephen. It is. It is. Um,
1: Years before its time.
2: Well, what do you think? What do you? Let's fan fiction. We know Neil Gaiman knows what happens, and Alan Moore, and maybe Ian Gibson knows. And I appreciate those two gentlemen because Alan Moore doesn't fucking talk. He'll sew his mouth shut before he'll say thank you <laughs> to anybody. But um, what happens? Or do you care? Well, but Steve said. I'm sorry, go ahead, Scott.
0: Just before we do, there's one thing. Yeah. We talked about the final thing. And oh, the sure, final sure. sort of section of the story that Halo's relationship sort of, about with, with, Cannibal. Yeah, yeah, with the general cannibal. For two things I want to mention. Um tusks I'm not that bothered by. right? I get yeah. that. But anyone who has uh, snakes weaving through ear, their ears <laughs> c- clearly <laughs> clearly has not got a bigger ears yeah clearly got bigger issues and uh is not someone to be trusted like this guy should be a, an enemy to he-man you know sort of great design <laughs> that's a great but that's um brilliant. you know and he's obviously he's, a, he's turned up as this sort of like he's never been an aspirational character but he's turned up as this sort of figure of war throughout the you know he appears and he keeps appearing until they have this relationship um but it's the final reveal. There's two things I want to mention, but there's the it's the final reveal of this trial. He goes on trial, and they start talking about the rat war, the weapon, and it's the rat king, and all of a sudden, point, yeah. and all of a sudden, again, we've talked about the small things that happen in Halo's life, and she suddenly realises that...
1: She's partially responsible for this, yeah?
0: Yeah, this one thing she did on a luxury liner... 10 11 well, more than that 14 years ago decimated an entire planet fuck
1: yeah we've all made mistakes but damn if that isn't a bad one
0: yeah
2: <laughs>
1: that's but her heart, that's
2: but she and that's the thing is yeah. that she's not guilty though no that's
0: no. the point is her intentions were pure
1: yeah but, but even does she feel is, that way
0: well Does the she road, see it Yeah, well the road to hell is paved with good intentions, good intentions, isn't it? For sure.
2: Yeah. That's totally true.
0: Yeah, I think well that's why that's how I
2: well, I'll shut up for a second. I agree mm-hmm. everything that you said, and that's why I have theories about what hap, what yeah. her next mm-hmm. chapter is, is because she finds this out at the end, right? Not is only that, that
1: though, we forgive her. I forgive her. Yeah. Why well, forgive her? Definitely forgive her. She's totally justified. Um because Lewis again the foreshadowing the fact that this man's mentioned at the very beginning of book one on a tv screen and he ends up being one of the most important figures in not just Halo's story but in the whole story this destroyer of worlds this butcher this murderer this killer is the only lover we ever see Halo Jones have and for a while they're happy and that again is like another kick to the fields that alan moore just keeps delivering and again just like in life just at that moment when we're all happiest isn't that when we're often kicked down and hurt worst? so and what she does to him are we, we going to mention that because again i'm with her it's justified because she, he's made that moment of happiness and love that she had with him a lie
2: So my question for you is, Steve, this is the big thing for me, is where do we see, you said privately, we'll tell everybody this publicly, that Steve J. Ray says this is a fine ending. And I agree, it's a fine ending. And if I hadn't known there were supposed to be nine parts, I would have been fine with this ending. But I know there's supposed to be nine parts. And I've seen Neil Gaiman say he knows what happens next. So damn you, Neil. Don't you (laughs) tease me. Don't you let me know that other people know. So that leads me to believe that I am like, so that of course I need to fan fiction the shit out of things. So my fan fiction is that we will now skip another 10 years. We'll meet Halo in her mid forties. And that, that that is the plan for him is that we're going to, and that she will end up outliving everybody she's ever known. And and so like, if we just keep this 10 year, jump she'll be into her hundreds you know she'll meet, meet the century mark and i'm okay with that because you know science fiction who gives a shit so that's what i see is every 10 years and it's another it's i could see her actually becoming and i know this sounds bizarre whether it's in the next part or the next part being like settled down almost like a teacher almost trying to like teach the next you know next bunch of young girls to try something different of course they won't listen because they're a bunch of dumb teenage girls so then she'll have to go out again i see that happening maybe not next i just feel like after this after what happens at the end of part three part four is just halo jones the drunk years again (laughs) you know like we get to see it like we didn't see it in between 20 and 30 that's what i think i don't know what do you think happens
1: well see the thing is when i was reading this i honestly thought volume three was the end i'd had no idea about um the fact that it was meant to be nine books and i didn't find that out until years later and i think it was uh, when the first collection came out or the second in the 2000s and so i thought oh shit and then rereading it again there was that one name that the professor in uh, volume two mentions that she met And that's the one character that she doesn't actually meet. Because everything else that's happened, everything else that's mentioned, Moab, the Tarantula Nebula, Louise Cannibal, all happens. Now, to my mind is the fact that Neil knows that Neil's seen these scripts. Neil Gaiman has taken over the Dreaming and the House of Mysteries and Secrets from Alan Moore from something and then brought it into uh, Sandman. Right, right. Neil Gaiman was the guy who took over. At Moore's request, Miracle Man. Right. If Alan Moore is willing, and I think the only person he would be who would let carry on Halo Jones story, if Alan Moore is willing to let Neil Gaiman write books, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, A, I'd be all for that, and B, I want to know. But honestly, I don't know if you've read any of Alan Moore's interviews or Ian Gibson's interviews after the fact about Halo Jones. I have not. Try and find them. I'm sure they're available online. Uh, Both men mentioned that um, pretty much what you said on The Money, that each book is literally a decade. So next it's her 40s, her 50s, her 60s, 70s. She does live into her 90s and beyond. But I honestly see, particularly after what happens at the end of this book, her going completely off the rails. She's got a world-class, a universe-class spaceship all of her own yeah to actually go out yeah and see everything like she originally planned to do in book one so i honestly do believe that um she will go off the rails and things will get a lot worse for halo before they get better so yeah i'm with you on that one i don't know about the drunk years but possibly the um ptsd years maybe is this definitely something that's on the cards
2: the, the han solo years which is what we wanted From the beginning she'll finally get her own ship and she'll get to go out and be her own her own boss as it were
1: well yeah exactly and um let's be honest she's killed or let die a very important figure in history who was about to get his comeuppance from the law possibly um like han solo she could probably have a price on her head she might and she may yeah that's really true could this possibly be halo jones the on the run years
2: That'd be fun give her a give her a sidekick um, somebody to talk to I think I think she 'll need somebody to talk to i don 't you know that 's the thing that 's fascinating to me is the side like we get a good sense of halo, but because they keep giving her new sidekicks that 's the thing that i 'm sad about too is to not get to meet those other characters and to be like, oh you know i didn 't get to meet that person so
0: um yeah i don't know so what do I think more and Gibson would have done with uh, Halo Jones? in the rest of the book I mean we know it was going to be a nine book series so he had two more acts and you know the first as we've said sort of the first three books set her up but I don't think the hardship was going to end there Um you know I think more can be a bit of a git when it comes to these kind of things I think he's happy to go and send his characters out and uh you know make them suffer let them suffer a little bit more so as we see at the end of book three she's going off into the world I think we were going to get, I think we would have got a happy point in the next book Um her finding her way but as we've seen with this, every time she goes out, it's never smooth sailing. So um, something would have happened. I think, you know, we'll see that escalation. Each one is being is, is an escalation in character and development. So I think probably we'd get some uh, space adventures. You know, some sort of, like, no, not quite Buck roger or Flash Gordon-esque kind of thing. But, like, I think we'd get some... We would start to build her up as the heroine and the legend that we know her because at this point she's still a nobody Like you know we're starting at that point so uh, I think it'll be the third set of books the, the third act those last three books where you'd get the real um the the real legend being set I think the, you know you've sort of got that set up i think the the second set of books would probably be sort of the birth of the legend like you know there'd be a couple of things where she is getting to be known in specific circles, but that last act would be doing something that would set her aside, set her up to be this character that was still being discussed, you know, hundreds of thousands of years later. Um, I also think it would have ended with her death. Uh, you know, there's this there's a temptation to have the nine books and to uh, let her have the happy ending, but I don't think that is Halo Jones, I don't think that is the the, the tone or the... Or the Place that that character is supposed to be, and this is a character that sort of lives through suffering and succeeds. She's an aspirational uh, character in some respects, but I don't think having her settle down into her old age or riding off into the sunset would would be satisfactory. Um, I think the the only way this this series of books could end it would be with her death, um, and that may be what establishes her as. Um, the legend, you know, sacrifice, self-sacrifice. I'll say human sacrifice but self-sacrifice uh, um, would probably be the end goal. Um, something we're never going to. It's a real shame we're never going to see these books, but uh, yeah, that's what I think. I, I think, I think the way I'd like to end it here is
2: just to say that I appreciate this conversation, and I think everybody should go read this. And if you haven't read it, go buy it. If you, I bought it digitally. It's like ten bucks. If you, if you know. It it is, I will pull a Steve J. Ray. If you read this and you hate it, you find me on Tricycle Boombox. I will reimburse you. You will not hate
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those books where, again, everyone I've given it to has loved it. And I'm going to reverse this on you because you do this to me every time I come on your show. (laughs) And you say, who would you give this book to? I mean, Mm -hmm. who wouldn't you give this book to? Well,
2: I... I I feel like right i think that's the right thing i think you do give this to everybody i think what scott said about waiting till his daughter reaches her teen, you know mm-hmm. bratty teenage years you're like here you go i think i think because it's reading it i appreciate reading it as an adult and looking back and like disliking that first part not because it was poorly written but because it graded on me mm-hmm. for the intentionally mm-hmm. and so he's telling us a story in decades um and and so i get to look back and so i would love to know i'm hopeful yeah you know that i would get i don't have to wait till i'm 90 to be 90 with halo it'd be cool but like because i'm reading it i'm coming at it when she's the next part she's going to be my age you know Mm -hmm. so i'm reading it for the first time there so yeah i just think anybody who's who's lived a good who's lived it's you know somebody who's who's you know grown up with silver spoon in their mouth and never had a hard thing happen this book isn't for you. But well, I think absolutely. anybody who's lived a life, like you said from the beginning, this is just life. So that's who I think should do it. And uh, the end.
1: Would you give it to you girls?
2: I would. I would. I'm going to, uh, my youngest, uh, I sent her a copy of the full, complete Scott Pilgrim. Oh, classic. Uh, she loves the movies. And so I sent her the books because I think, and this, and in that, you know, it's that is Scott's rough 20s you know scott pilgrim's 20s there being a miserable existence so i absolutely would give it to him now i mean my youngest is 20 the oldest is 25 the oldest probably wouldn't dig it um as much but yeah i definitely think i i would pass that off to them we're um, we're saying scott who would you give this to you already talked about giving this to your daughter when the time is right who would you give it to right now who do you think should read halo jones
0: i think especially this day and age i think prophetic this is and how sort of ahead of its time it was um I think you could give this to, ideally, I think you could give this to anyone. But mainly, if I was going to give this to someone, if I was going to, if I I met a kid, 16 to 21, you know, who was struggling in life and was like, I don't know what my direction is going to be. I'm not sure what I'm looking for. I don't know who I am. I'd be like, look, you're not the first. And for me to say, you're not the first one to, Mm -hmm. to feel this way comes across as patronizing and, and you know that's like but to hand them this and go look here's here's a way of in, of articulating this for you is you know anybody can do anything and it's not always going to be good sometimes it's going to be awful but there's an out you know just try and get out um, but uh, you know i don't want to be gender specific anything but you know having a daughter I definitely think that, you know, uh, in this day and age where we are looking for more female heroines and, and you mm-hmm. know, and, and aspirational figures in a world where Captain Marvel, uh, you know, stands tall and stuff like, you know, those sort of things. Halo Jones precedes those. Oh, boy. by decades, obviously. Yeah. But stands tall and is, you know, and is much like some of other Uh, of alan moore's work he's forgotten and doesn't get discussed and so i would give anyone who's like i love captain marvel and you know so what do they call them of the carol core i would be like great i think that's fantastic you've got that here's something else i think you should read that i think you'd really enjoy
2: yeah i agree i think that's solid um well that's awesome and, and unfortunately, it's 1230 at night for you guys are. And it is only 130, 130. Well, balls. Let's wrap it up, <laughs> gents. Sorry. You can follow me on Twitter at Tricycle Boombox or go to my website, AR Farina, and you can contact me there and you should subscribe to Comics in Motion and Fantastic Universes and 20th Century Geek and uh, Stories of a Time and Space and your life will be better. Steve, where can, Steve where can people find you?
1: For my written work, just type Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes into your search engine of choice and that'll take you to everything I've written across Fantastic Universes, DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, Comic Book Roundup, and all the other universes I inhabit. To talk to me, just tap Lstevo into Twitter, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. Listen to Superheroes for Dummies, I Am The Night, DC Comics News podcast, and all the wonderful shows on the DC Comics News Network, and of course comics in motion scott the judge dread of our brotherhood
0: where can we find yeah. you mate uh, if you can find me directly as you say it could be at scott weatherly on twitter uh also if you want to come talk to me about anything i do is at 20th century geek uh, and if you want to find anything about 20th century geek on all the social medias it's literally just whatever it is slash 20th Century Geek. I'm quite consistent in that <laughs> and way. There you are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, How's of course, anyone going to remember that? I know. <laughs> uh, that's 2 zero th Century Geek. Uh, but also, you can find some Pod Time Space for stories at Time and Space, the podcast I do with Julian Darius. Uh, and of course, as, a, as you've all said, check out Comics in Motion. Uh, and uh, yeah, you say about the Judge Dread. Of course, soon there will be more on Judging Dread. It's almost done. It's getting. Oh, there. so I'm so excited. Very exciting. I- I'm honored to
2: be in that collection. So, well, thank you, gentlemen. Get some sleep. And yes. we will see everybody next time.
1: May yes. the boss be with you.
2: <laughs> Comets in Motion is proud to be sponsored by Renovations Press, home of the world-renowned tracksuit man, the story about traveling to which we can all relate and something we've all missed this last year. Renovations Press continues to make the decades-long quest to bring quality independent comics to the masses, with three comics each year featuring the supergroup slash government experiment gone wrong, Section Twelve. Click the link in the show notes for more information about how you can buy some high-quality independent comics, and stay tuned because each time a new issue comes out in 2021, Comics and Motion listeners will be eligible to win free copies of Section Twelve. Click that link, check out Lenovations Press, support them on Patreon. You'll be happy you did. What started as just an appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight has turned into an excellent partnership between Comics in Motion and Lenovations Press. We look forward to bringing you some amazing content